We are going to put a bow on the softball season and uh, still some postseason honors and things like that hanging out there that we're waiting on. But uh, we're going to talk about the season that was with uh, Coach Jeff Zomer, the Dort softball team, concluding, uh, what was it, 35 and 13? Is that how it ended? That was including postseason. Postseason. Postseason counts. It does, absolutely. 35 and 11 regular season, but yes, postseason, absolutely. Factors. Did you, did you sense as the year was going along, Jeff? I mean, that thirty five wins. I, I talked with a couple of your other players, and we just talked about that win total. And one of them said, "You know, it, it just happens so quickly. The games pile up in April, and won some close games. And they, this person, this individual, didn't necessarily realize it. You as a coach, are, do you get caught up in the wins and losses and seeing that number rise, or is it?" And we're done with the doubleheader. we got to get ready for the next one. <clears throat> it's an interesting question in the fact that wins and losses, no, don't really get overly caught up with it. Other than the fact that, especially early on, we were doing one more than the other. Hmm. And it was, it was definitely standing out to us early on. And But the unique thing was how this year started as compared to even last year or some years before we sort of had relatively high expectations sure uh, for all those seasons but you know as they started to stack up this year there was a a clear distinction i would say of how i guess i would say confidence mm-hmm. sort of continued to build and we had some close games early on and sort of and we came out on the right side of those. And I think that really began, especially back in February even, to set the tone for what we were sort of preparing ourselves to do for the season. Um, 35 wins. I thought 30 was probably going to stop us this year. Mm. Um, if I'm being real honest, I figured we were I figured we were at least above 500 team. And I thought a good good year for us would be would be thirty, but yeah, we uh, certainly kept it rolling past that. What what had to go right for you to win thirty? I mean, to to estimate at thirty, and then to get to thirty five? Because I understand, at least I do this with seasons. It's like okay, this is realistic. This is if things don't go our way, and top end. We're here because I'm a big believer in those one-run games. You're going to win 50%. You're going to lose 50%. And I, that's that's just my take on it, having watched athletics for a period of time. But you as a coach, you look at it and say, these things need to go right for us to have a special season. What, what did you feel you needed to have go right? Pitching and defense. Hmm. Uh and why do you say that? Because I, I look at your pitching, and one of them was going to be locked in, and if she stayed healthy, was going to give you a chance in every game she pitched. For sure. And that's that's where <laughs> we already saw it a little bit last year, and I knew this year was going to be much the same, and that is teams were going to play for game two hmm. against us, meaning it was quite likely – when we, especially when we got into conference play, and even some of our non-conference games, uh, specifically when we played them in our dome, it was relatively clear that 
the matchup that they were going to go against Abby was probably not going to be their number one pitcher I simply see. because they assessed very clearly that Abby is one of the best pitchers in the nation, and it was going to be really difficult for them to compete in that game. <clears throat> and But I say pitching and defense because you alluded to earlier our ability to to win and or close out close games. And at the end of the day, it comes down to your ability to minimize base runners. And I thought those two things in combination were going to get us where we needed to be more so than our ability to to, to score oodles of score opponents. Correct. Okay. You know, we've had teams in the past where where our, our MO was we needed to outscore mm-hmm. teams. You know, that's that's fun and it's exciting and, and scoring seven, eight run, nine runs a game is is wild, it's fun, everybody's feeling good. But down the stretch, you can't continue to do that. Hitting slumps or hitting cools off or whatever, however you want to describe it. But one of those things that we felt that if we could put together consistent pitching and consistent defense, really the sky was the limit for us. When were you playing your best softball? When you look back on it, when, when, when was the stretch where you would have loved to have been in the postseason at that point? Honestly, I broke I break our season up into into three pieces. Yeah. Piece number one, when we were playing in February in yeah. our dome. Yeah. Our second chunk of our season was when we take our spring break trip to Florida, and then our final piece of the of our our season is our conference play. You know, I was our team's biggest fan the entire season. I just felt like we always were doing things at a high level and meeting our expectations of what we had sort of placed before sure. us. So <clears throat> playing our best softball, honestly, full disclosure, right up until when Ivy Terpstra yeah. had the collision <clears throat> in in left center field with Taylor Canuck. Yeah, and I, the, I was going to ask, how much did that change your – change your season uh, for lack of a better way of putting it i mean you, and you still had a great week i mean you you went into that last week you go seven and one you did you did what you needed to but that and i'm not looking for you to make an excuse but it is part of the narrative of the season is that that changed your lineup and your team quite dramatically without a doubt and in fact i'm going to say what everybody thought is we thought our season was over that's that is that was the dramatic <clears throat> effect that that incident had in our program. Okay, so you as a coach, well, how do you, how do you you've got to uh, you got to play psychiatrist a little bit at that point? How did you bring that team around and get them back to the point of a week later you go seven and one in a week where you needed to go seven and one? <laughs> uh, play psychiatrist. You are absolutely correct in that. You know, we left Oregon City that night. In not a good headspace. Sure. We all we all assumed the worst for Ivy. Taylor herself was was not was not well. Um, um, was obviously I often described it as being in a pretty significant car crash. The, the collision that those two kids had, and <clears throat> I, I said to my coaching staff uh, that night, and even on Wednesday, and even I did sort of allude to it. Tuesday night, that Tuesday night before we left, is like we need to find somehow, some way 
to continue with the routine that we, we've developed up to this point, I think it's going to be really important that we get those kids right back on Wednesday into our routine. And even though we knew Ivy was not going to be participating with mm-hmm. us, and we were, and even Taylor too, we knew that likely the rest of that week, Taylor was not going to be participating sure. in practice. So we really were intentional about trying to get our kids back in routine, getting back, getting them back into their comfort space. I think on f- that Friday when we played Morningside, I did make a, a small mistake in how I set up our defensive alignment. Mm, yeah, and we, we talked after the game. We yeah. talked about that, right? So the the lineup switch putting Aurora Tyson into the four hole was not a huge change, right? You have just one spot in the lineup that's affected. Yeah. You, the the fewer pieces you can move around, the better. But what I did mistakenly for that Morningside game one is we we had developed a routine where Brooklyn was in right field and Aurora or, um, Ivy was in center yeah. and Aurora was in left, but I ended up putting three outfielders out there behind Abby that did not normally play those positions sure. in that game. And I think that made it feel even more real hmm. and more apparent that, wait a minute, something is not the same here. I see. So over, after we... You know, we got beat up by Morningside there a little bit. Beat out. I mean, we lost a couple of games. We we were just not in a great headspace there. But yeah, heading heading into Monday against College State Mary, decided to did we we again try to find our normal that we had before and put our defensive alignment similar with Brooklyn Cox back in right field, sure. Taylor in left, and then just put Aurora in center. And it seemed to that game against College, College State Mary game one was work. Mm-hmm. I'll be real honest yeah. with you. We won that one one nothing. That game was work, no joke. You know, Abby's out there working her tail off. We're making some outstanding plays behind her. You know, we win that game one to nothing. And after that game, I pretty much remarked to the team, like, girls, we, we've been scoring runs. And we, we, we pitch well, we play defense well. But, man, in our last <clears throat> few games, we just, we've left a lot of runs in our tank. I said, I think it's time that we, we um, catch up on some of those. And, yeah, we proceeded to score 14 runs mm-hmm. that next game. But I really think that was a big part of the healing process. Of all of a sudden, you know, we, we were able to score some runs and sort of kind of hit our new our new normal. Sure. And it carried us really, really well, especially into that big doubleheader sweep against Briarcliff. Yeah. And then Tuesday. you get that and you go into the postseason and obviously uh, you'd like to – things you, you wish would go differently in the GPAC tournament, but that's that's softball. I mean, that's the silliness of that sport is that Abby Kramer pitches a great game against Briarcliff – our Cliffs pitcher pitches a great game as well. I think you give up what a uh, line drive single, kind of a bleeder single, and then a hard hit double, and two one you lose, and that just changes everything. I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> going into that and going into postseason, being in the the one seeds pod, so you have the one, four, five, and eight mm-hmm. seed. On the regular season, we were five and one against the teams in our pod. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt whether our team felt confident. Abby's going game one. Abby has yeah. been borderline unhittable most of the year. We score a run in the bottom of the first yeah. inning, one nothing, and and we've Is just... Is that enough? Yeah. Correct. You know, and for what it's worth, most... Most, uh, most yeah. games it is, right? Yeah. We, we are, nine, we're gonna, nine times it would have been because she, she had nine shutouts, nine shutouts this year. So, you know... There's no doubt that our team went in there with confidence. And to Briarcliff's credit, 
Duncan is outstanding in the circle. She's just she's sneaky. She's she throws hard. Her ball moves. She just she's really really tough. And you know we had some Adam balls working too. We hit some balls hard, mm-hmm. but you know that's why there's seven fielders behind the pitcher yeah. that sometimes they get in the way of them and and they make plays. So I really do. You know I don't want to put a lot of weight on on a win or a loss, but I, I do firmly believe that 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 loss in and of itself just kind of took some of the the wind out of our sails a little bit there and and to Mount Marty's credit Mount Marty was was hot they had a really good postseason tournament play and and then they were uh they were playing well at that point in time postseason awards come out and uh you and I were both hoping that Abby Kramer had a we we felt that she had a shot at pitcher of the year in the conference I mean we're obviously we are biased um make no secret about that but for the last two years she's been really good and I was happy to see that she was pitcher of the year this year. You know, it's been kind of a crescendo to her career, no doubt, right? She is, <clears throat> or you alluded to her over the past two years, she has been very, very good. Uh, numbers are off the charts. She, she's with the top pitchers in our conference, and then even stacks up really well nationally. But for for Abby to have that as a capstone to her college playing career is quite remarkable. And for what it's worth, especially this year i feel like that the pitching especially in the top four or five teams in the conference the pitching was really outstanding in our conference so she was in an incredibly talent talented field this year to be awarded that honor did you know when you recruited her that this could be yes. i mean you you felt that right when you recruited her no doubt yeah she why she, why do you say that she number 1 she threw a rise ball that was borderline elite and her changeup was continuing to be developed and worked on. I just felt that when she came in, um, <clears throat> she was going to continue to develop. And and we had, Abby and I had this conversation very very early on in her career that she was going to strike out a lot of girls in her career just because she just had elite movement with her mm-hmm. pitches. But it wasn't going to be like high school where she just pretty much mowed them down right you know you're gonna to have to trust your defense here and sometimes getting in a, getting the hitter to effectively roll over your best pitch to your third baseman is a huge win right and i think that's as that continued to develop over her career uh, she fully understood that but also she continued to develop her pitches right her curveball her rise ball her change up are just they're they're elite pitches she has arguably one of the best rise ball change up conversations that I've ever seen. Hmm. And um, and then her senior year. So uh, another one of our conversations early on in her career were, okay, so Abby, so now that they've seen you your freshman year and now they've seen your sophomore year, what are we and you going to do differently or add to your tool belt that makes you more challenging mm-hmm. for hitters the next year? And um, one of the things that she now threw this year effectively was her drop ball. Mm-hmm. And it was really... It was really amazing because it was Carly calls all of her pitches, but watching Abby pitch, I know when she throws her drop ball and she she was able to strike girls out, uh, generate swings and misses, uh, generate weak contact in her drop ball, and she'd always look over and she'd have a smirk on her face, and I'd smile right back because we kind of knew that that was something that we had worked intentionally on, and she had put in a ton of work making that pitch one of her pitches in her tool belt, and it was effective this year, which also helped um, continue to help her perform at a very, very high level. You had a one of the best offensive years for an individual in a while, probably 
dating back to Sarah Seymour in all likelihood in Elicoster. How, I asked her how she was able to flip the switch and just have this type of beer. I'm curious your response. How? I mean, this was not just an overnight success. There, I mean, three years went into this, but it did all hit right, it seemed, for her this softball season. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Ella did not have a single defensive statistic this year. Right. She pretty much hit. That's all she did. Yeah. This conversation began more intently, I would say, probably during the first third of last season, hmm. where we had kind of begun to transition her out of, of an outfield role, even though we still considered her as an outfielder, but really began transitioning her into a role of possibly our DP for our senior year, or for her senior year. I think what she finally started to, things just started to click for her. Uh, and there's always a maturing process through that, right? As, as a hitter. and But even what we noticed early on in her career was even in pinch hit situations, she would just get on base. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes it wasn't very flashy, but it was effective. She's got decent foot speed, but what she has what she has done this year, I think, is just complete one hundred percent buy in to what she was trying to accomplish. Hmm. She knew that her job was to hit, and she put in a lot of work. She was extremely coachable, and she just um, had what I would argue. Too is just more of a a stress free, lower anxiety hmm. sort Damn. of season with it. Just if you watched her, and my wife, as a casual observer, would often mention, she's like, it just looks like when Ella's hitting this year, like things don't they don't distract her from what she's trying to do. Her batter's box presence was just calm, collected, confident, and you strike out, guess what? A lot of kids strike out. You strike out. So what? Go get the next one. She just really, really had a very calm and consistent demeanor all year long. You, those are two seniors. Um, I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody, and I don't. We're, we're probably not going to talk about all of them at length. But as a group, a very special group. You had Chandler Skimper. Mm-hmm. You had Ivy Terpstrew transferred in after her freshman mm-hmm. season. Uh, Emma. Gruen is a uh, Gruen is going to return it. Mm-hmm. It certainly appears. Mm-hmm. Is that the group? Is that are those the seniors? Well, and you got Abby Kramer. Yeah, in that in that mix as well, and then Jessica Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. So, arguably, this class of seniors, collectively as a whole, the most talented group of incoming players that our program has seen right. for a long. I mean, we've had. You know, very special players, but collectively as a group, this group of seniors is off the charts, um, talented and gifted. How do you replace them? You don't. Well, you got to you got to fill the spots. How uh, what uh, what does that recruitment look like? I mean, what how what is what is the recruiting cycle of softball? I mean, is it summer? Is it the fall? What when do you get that done? Right now, honestly. Over the next next three or four months is really when I hit the trail hard. We got our 2023 class coming in. Um, you know what I what I've learned over my career of coaching is 
be very, very, very careful comparing your incoming recruits to your outgoing seniors, sure, yeah. right? Because we all, right, would I, would I love my next pitcher to be Abby Kramer? 100% yes. But my next incoming pitcher is going to be who she is, and we need to take that and develop that, not turn her into somebody that I want her to be. Yeah. Or like, So I think there's... How, how there's, long did it take you to learn that? Too long. <laughs> too long, for sure. There's, there's no doubt on that. But I would say... What does it look like? We have we have a really nice group of freshmen coming in this coming fall, and our 2024 class looks solid. But I'll get a little, I'll go out and watch those 2024 kids primarily this summer, mm. and some even into the fall, and then really uh, get those kids to campus uh, fall of 23. Sure. What what do you do now with the group? Do you send them home and just say, see you? In, I mean, they'll, they'll have their off-season work and that kind of stuff, but what what do they do over the summer, if anything, for softball, and what are your expectations then in the fall when they arrive back here? So we'll take the month of May off. I say we'll take the month of May off. Basically, no lifting, no softball. Just enjoy the month of May. Let your body heal from a, a season that's a, that's a grind always beginning in june uh we will have our our weight training posted again mm-hmm. and the expectations will be they will do what they can as far as weight training goes over the summer three times a week uh i do have some of our our returning pitchers that they're gonna they're gonna continue their pitching yeah. and we've given yeah, them you some can't put that on the shelf you cannot not, not for a long time anyway if you expect to be proficient at it yet so so i will have our returning pitchers they'll they'll go through pitching workouts and I do have uh, a fair amount of our freshmen or our newcomers this past year that are age eligible to still play competitively in the summer. Hmm. So I do have several kids in our that are freshmen going to be sophomores that will actually play competitive softball yet over the summer hmm. in some tournaments here and there. So okay. so there there will be plenty of plenty of softball contact happening uh, then yet. So you know and and what it looks like for expectations for the fall. You know we're gonna we're gonna try and play a, a competitive fall season this year, and you know, really start see if we can uh, we'll call it pick up where we left off this year as far as what we look like from a pitching side and defensive side. We're gonna hit we're gonna hit okay, uh, but at the end of the day we need to again play defense and pitch really really well. Well, Jeff, uh, I said after uh, you lost last week season came uh, to an end sooner than we had hoped um but it was uh, it was a fun season it was enjoyable to watch this group and uh, i think because of the dome i saw more college softball in the last three months than i saw in probably the previous two decades almost combined but uh, it, w- it was a busy time but uh, an enjoyable group to watch you know as i reflect back on this season and i've done that a lot in the past you know, week um, or or so, you know, wins and losses aside, we uh, we got together this past Monday and we just we we shared some ice cream cake and we kind of came together and just shared some favorite memories uh, on our varsity team throughout the course of the season. It could have been fall memories and spring memories, mm-hmm. dome, uh, Florida conference play. Not a single one of our players alluded to a single win or loss. Hmm. 
as what what their favorite memories sure. were. And I think that in and of itself encapsulates what this team did this year. We would call a, a year for the ages, right? We, there were a lot of records yeah. that fell this year by this group. And I even say that Abby Kramer had no idea that her 500th career strikeout was coming. She was completely oblivious to that until you sent out the tweet, which I think is one of the best tweets that's ever been sent mm-hmm. out regarding softball, of the founder of the 500 strikeout club. She had no idea that was coming. And I think that's that completely portrays the, the selfless posture and the humility and the true servant leadership that this team embodied from from day one until they finished the season and the memories that they created with each other throughout the course of the season even surpassed the the excitement of the 35 and 13 season that we cracked off I thought that was a I thought that spoke just tremendous volumes to where our team currently is what their perspective is as far as what it looks like to be a be a Christian athlete and really truly embodied what Dort University Athletics stands for.